ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk All Around Sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to the 185th ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www. IIRsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, later in the show, we will be joined by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham of Bama Magazine. Well, my highlight of the week is the Duke-North Carolina game on Wednesday night. They delivered yet another classic and reaffirmed that it is the greatest rivalry in college basketball if not all of sports. It just never, ever fails to deliver. Uh, In fact, near the end, it was looking like a dud. Uh, North Carolina was holding six, seven-point lead a couple minutes to go, and I was just thinking, uh, well, I guess this isn't going to be one of those classics. And then that's exactly what it turned into. Uh, Cameron was going crazy. And uh, turned into became an overtime game, and just really, uh, you know, as good as college basketball gets. Again, it just almost any game from Cameron is worth watching. And uh, when you get North Carolina, the Tar Heels coming in, it's uh, absolutely worth watching. It's must see TV, in fact, and. Uh, but the real highlight of this highlight of the week was that uh, they honored and remembered Dean Smith, who died a couple weeks ago. Uh, remember, again, one of the great rivalries in all of sports, eight miles apart, the two schools. Yet uh, there was, you know, players and Coach K and Roy Williams arm in arm in a circle at midcourt for a moment of silence to remember Dean Smith. And it was just, uh, you know, very, very well done, handled perfectly appropriately. And, uh, yeah, just again, you know, they were just the way they put everything aside and, you know, treated it exactly as it should be treated in honoring one of the true titans of uh, college basketball history was just, again, class act. I've interviewed Coach K in the past for Armchair General Magazine, class act to say the least, one of the best interviews I've ever had. And uh, so, yeah, it's uh, really just uh, great to see, great to watch. And again, the last two minutes of that game and into overtime was riveting, to put it mildly. Uh, So, as always, uh, Duke, North Carolina, they know how to get it done, to say the least. 
Well, my bizarre story of the week is the LA Times reporting that uh, the San Diego Chargers and the Oakland Raiders, blood rivals, speaking of rivalries, uh, are considering teaming up to build a stadium in Los Angeles where both teams would play, a la the Jets and the Giants, two teams sharing one stadium. Um, fascinating, to say the least. And you combine that news with, uh, with, and they're still working on their leases, so nothing's official. Um, basically, you know, to combine that with where the St. Louis Rams and Stan Kroenke, the owner, being very aggressive in his uh, apparent desire to move to L.A., you have to believe at this point that there will be, finally, a team in Los Angeles. Can't come soon enough for me. Uh, one or more teams in Los Angeles. Uh, I think it'll be great. It's it's high time, and there just seems to be momentum uh, uh, on a number of fronts. It seems like there's four potential sites in uh, you know in the LA area that are all viable, pushing for their you know site to be the future home of the NFL. And there's just been so many proposals out there now. But I found this one to be pretty bizarre: Chargers and uh, the Chargers and Raiders have quite the history. Um, quite the rivalry and uh wouldn't it be fascinating to watch them hook up for uh to you know to become partners in effect uh for a stadium in LA i think it would be great and also just sticking with football you know there's a lot going on with the combine this week uh interesting video this morning of uh Belichick Bill Belichick walking, wearing a hoodie that said Bill Belichick, um, and walking with Rex Ryan, who was wearing a Bills throwback jersey, and Rob Ryan, who was wearing a Saints warm-up. Um, you know, the combine has been interesting to watch with all the interviews, and it just seems like um, it seems like all the coaches are there, and it seems like they're all holding pressers, press conferences, and I don't know that that's been the case in the past, so uh, we're all better off for it because, again, you know, uh, the actual coaches are showing up, they're sitting down, they're talking, um, it's good stuff. Again, uh, maybe I'm wrong, but I do not have a strong memory of the coaches showing up in mass at the Combine in past years, so, uh, so yeah, I think it's just terrific. Well, my low light of the week is the news this morning that Chris Bosch apparently is uh, is suffering from some sort of health issue regarding blood clots around his lung, and his season is now in jeopardy. He might be done for the year, and you know uh, that's uh, serious stuff, to put it mildly. So our uh, thoughts are with Chris Bosch, to say the least. Um, Again, sticking with the NBA, the trade deadline uh, came and went this week. Uh, really no major deals to speak of. Um, it was, you know, a lot of names. I mean, 
Goran Dragic from the Suns to the Heat. Speaking of the Heat, um, seemed to be the biggest deal, and all of a sudden the Heat were looking like uh, they could make some noise in the East. And then, lo and behold, that's just two days ago when they get Drogic. Uh And then, lo and behold, here comes the Chris Bosh news this morning. So now that's all, you know, uh, in jeopardy. But regardless, it, it just seemed like, again, you know, the, the moves were made, but it just seemed like it was totally mid-level across the board. Um, again, no big names. But, uh, you know. Some teams may have improved themselves. Uh, you know, a couple interesting names. The Oklahoma Thunder, Oklahoma City Thunder, seemed to be the team that was, uh, you know, most active, uh, trading some players that have been around for a while. Reggie Jackson, Kendrick Perkins. Uh, you know, they're just trying to get in the playoffs given the early season injuries to Westbrook and Durant. Uh, but, boy, if they get in now, you have to look at them as... Uh, you know, super dangerous. Um, Durant you know, had his comments about the media. He's clearly, you know, uh, edgy, uh, which is exactly what I think needs he, he needs if he wants to win a championship. And I think he has an awesome potential opportunity this year uh, to do so. So now, as my former co-host, Lemont Williams from outside the huddle likes to say, it's time to pay some bills, so let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, a BAM magazine. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. It's time to let the ladies do some sports talking around here. The sports girls take over the Voice America Sports Channel every Monday for The Inside Score. Beth Silverberg, Chin Chin Ong, and Stacey DeBerry are here to showcase the athletes, the coaches, and the foundations that change lives. In addition, we'll have a ton of regular features and a featured guest sports girl every week. You'll hear the stories you need to hear from the people that make the difference. The Inside Score is heard every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern or Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show... The call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we often have guests, and on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., how you doing today? Oh, doing pretty good, John. Pretty good. Just surviving this little cold weather here in the south. Yeah, I mean, I've heard it's cold down there. Uh, I think I saw something the other day about like Louisville, Kentucky being 13 below or something crazy. So uh, I know that you're much colder than normal down there. So there's just no escape, is there? No, it seems like it's frigid temperatures all over America. I mean, unless you go really deep south in Florida or something, I guess. Exactly. Well, I saw something from Miami this morning. Uh, It was Al Roker on the Today Show. (laughs) <laughs> standing standing poolside for the food and wine festival or whatever. And uh, he, he was wearing like a ski hat and multiple layers. And I just said, well, you know, glad I didn't jump on a plane to go down there to get away from the cold. And, right, and, right, for sure. Exactly. And by the way, you need to, you know, you need to know that here in Boston, as we speak, it is about zero with a wind chill that feels like uh, twenty twenty five below. I mean, it's just brutal. It's just, you know, on top of the snow. This is just about as bad as I can ever remember. Um, horrible with wind. By the way, you know, the, the wind is the killer always. Yeah, I couldn't imagine being in the weather twenty five below. I don't think I've ever been around that type of temperature. Really, maybe a little bit below zero, but not twenty five. Yeah, and again, that's wind chill. You know, the actual temp right. is closer to, you know, zero or whatever. But uh, anyway, it's just, you know, about a tough a week and month as I can ever remember here, without a doubt. Again, I've said it before. I've, you know, uh, I've never seen anything like it. And I don't think, and I think most people would, would agree. This is it. This is the big one. We're all seeing things in New England we've never seen before in our lives, period. So. Uh, even people who were here in '78 now says says you know this one was this one was worse. So anyway, I guess if uh, one place I'd like to be would be inside because it's cold in Indianapolis. But I guess being inside Lucas Oil Stadium would be <clears throat> a good way to while away this frigid <clears throat> national uh, temperature that's swept the country. Uh, the combine. Uh, are you, I guess, what are you? What are your thoughts on the combine? Let's just take the big picture view. Yeah, I, I think it's an opportunity for some players to improve their their stock in the eyes of the NFL personnel. But uh, 
I don't discount the accomplishments that someone has achieved on the field in game type situations. So it, it, it probably can expose your your lack of speed. Probably maybe you have you know, your hips are stiff or uh, you know maybe your hands aren't as good. But I think what's the most valuable evaluation for people who are judging talent is is the things that are on tape. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's an interesting event. I mean, some people just love it. You know, I've never been to one. I don't think you have either, right? No, no, I have never been to it. I'd like to attend sometime. But, no, I, yeah. I think there's some, there's some value to being there, to watching people perform, and, and then they have those individual interviews. I think it's 15 or 20 minutes. And, you know, you want to see people on time, and they can take direction on the field. And there's some things that you can uh, use in your your final analysis. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's no question. There is value. And if anything, and I touched on this in the previous segment, I mean, it gets a lot of the, uh, you know, league back together quickly after the Super Bowl. And, uh, you know, I don't ever remember it being as well organized as this year. Um, you know, with press conferences, all the head coaches are there. Um, and, you, you know, it's just really, there's, there's a lot of information flowing out of this one more than I remember in the past, just because, again, I think a lot of these people were there in the past, head coaches, what have you. But this year, it's clearly all 32 are there. And, you know, there's organized news conferences. So we're able to get some of their thoughts. And uh, so, yeah, it's, you know... I, I think it's like everything with the NFL. It's getting bigger and bigger each year. Yeah, it expands, and, and I think every year that more television viewers and um, people become more familiar with all the drills, and it, it, it's an interesting, and, and it keeps the game of football right there out for the public to, you know, in every side of, of the game of football. NFL is always right on their mind. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, the hottest topic this year, and, you know, in comparison with past years, I can't help but think back to the Manti Teo press conference. Remember that a couple of years ago? Yeah, that was uh, it's quite a assembling of media. That was the all-time combine moment in my mind. I, I'll just never forget that. If I remember correctly, it was a news conference on a Saturday afternoon, and it's as crowded a news conference as I've ever seen anywhere. You, you know, like the room, they were literally hanging off the rafters, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know. And uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, you know, not, not nothing at that level this year. But as always, you know, Jameis Winston is generating, you know, a lot of chatter. He's, uh, you know... Whether he is going to throw or not is like you know the like a national debate for gosh sakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, every, every year there's there's always one quarterback uh, of um, you know who has achieved greatness in college, but there's always a question mark if they'll throw at the combine. And for whatever reason, there's always somebody receives bad advice and they don't end up throwing. But uh, they made a good point today. I was listening and said, even though you're throwing to receivers, 
you know, unfamiliar with your, your ability, it's just best to get out there and show your arm strength. And, and you exactly. know, the scouts realize that you might be off slightly because the receivers are, are not familiar with you and, and you're not familiar with them. So they just get out there and, and show what you can do. So that's really the big reason why they would throw, not throw at the combine, but then would throw at their college pro day because the familiarity with their receivers. Is that, is that right? I, I think so, probably primarily. And then, you know, they want to be in a comfort zone. But I, I look at that as a positive if somebody wants to throw at the combine. I, I don't exactly. think you're going to lose value uh, by your showing at the combine. I don't, I don't believe so. I totally agree, AP. I've never understood why, you know, they wouldn't throw at the combine. I mean, to me, you know, if you want to impress, you know, raise your stock for the NFL draft, you just basically agree to everything, period, you, you know, to show showcase your talents. I, I, I just think that's the way athletes think. Um, so I'm always surprised when I hear otherwise, but, you, you know... It's a it's a changing evolution of how this all works. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's usually the counsel they receive from an agent, because I'm sure the athlete he's a competitor's entire life. You have the entire audience of the NFL right there. It's indoors, perfect conditions, and why would you not want to throw the football? I mean, you you practiced since you were ten years old, probably, for this moment, and somebody's telling you, "Well, we want to wait." We want to go back to you're at your own school and you have your own receivers and you, there's a little bit more of a comfort zone. Well, I mean, that's like you're backing away from the challenge. I agree. It's, I couldn't agree more, AP. I've never understood it. You know, just an example, you know, I was hearing that Jameis went earlier, you know, a couple of days ago, and it's changing, it seems, hourly. But, you know, a couple of days ago, I just heard... You know, Jameis Winston wasn't throwing. Marcus Mariota was throwing. And it just, you know, my initial thought, and I think millions like me were just like, okay, well, that figures, given the history of the two players and their college careers. That's exactly how I, what I thought to myself the minute I heard that. And <laughs> I think I'm joined by a cast of millions, right? Yeah, I, I think so. You had to lay odds on who would throw today or who, and who would back away. Uh, you probably picked the. That's the way you would uh, make the selection. Correct. Now I've been hearing some chatter also about Jameis Winston's Winston's weight. Have you heard anything about that? Well, I yeah, I did hear that he was up to. They said like two hundred forty-eight pounds, and then he, uh, the combine he weighed in. I think was two thirty-one. So he was coming down in weight, and then. Marcus Mariota put on five or six pounds from around 215 to 221, 222, something like that. Wow. So, James, I, I, I did hear 17 pounds, so that's what that was. So, he yeah. lost 17 pounds in recent weeks, were, like, we, which we assume, right? Right, right. And, and they, they seem to be about the same height, 6'3 and 3 quarters. Okay. Yeah. Well, you, you know... It's not all about weight. I mean, it's just like Jameis looks big and, and beefy and always has, and Mariota looks kind of tall and thin. It's just their builds. Yes, yes. And uh, I think Jameis probably got the bigger shoulders and, and he said a little more beef on his body. 
and uh, Marcus Mariota kind of sleek and fast. Exactly, sleek and fast. Well said. Perfect words. Um, well, as someone who lived on the Gulf Coast of Florida for a couple of years, covered the Tampa Bay Bucks earlier in their existence. Um, the big question is, you know, the Bucks have the number one pick. I have no doubts they're taking Jameis Winston whatsoever. None. I, I think, you know, taking a guy from Florida State already has the built-in fan base, team that could use a few more fans showing up there on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and he grew up in Alabama. <clears throat> to, to me, it's it's almost a fait accompli at this point. I would be shocked. Uh, that's assuming nothing happens between now and the draft. But, you know, negative with Jameis, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so as well, John. I, I believe that they're willing to take that risk, that high risk, high reward uh, with Jameis Winston as the selection, number one player in the draft. You know, it'll be a big, there'll be a big splash and... It, just out of curiosity, people want to want to be at those games to see what it can do in the pros. Exactly, exactly, and uh, yeah, I just feel that you know <clears throat> we all know his history, but I feel in this particular situation, there's no denying his talent. But in this particular situation, I think that he is, uh, you know, literally uh, perfect for that team. I mean, he just is. You know, again, they really, you know, he's going to bring a massive built in, uh, you know, audience following, what have you, from the Seminoles, from Florida State, Tallahassee, all of it, which stretches throughout the state of Florida. And, you know, I've been down there a lot. I spent a lot of time on the Gulf Coast of Florida, used to live there. And, you know, uh, the stadium, you know, I've seen that stadium not full on Sundays, and I've just, it, you know, I, I know all the things there are to do on, you know, a fall Sunday in Tallahassee, but yet we all know what people do on a Saturday in the state of Florida. Or, and, uh, but yeah, on a fall Saturday in Tallahassee, Tampa, and any other city, um, I think that they, you know, they have an opportunity here to really catch some of that Florida fan base, um, Florida State fan base, and, you know, convert them, you, you know, and really start to build some momentum down there in Tampa. Yeah, and then a lot of times, John, it's a cold, hard decision. Does he fit your offensive system? You know, well, Lovey Smith, he's a kind of a defensive guy. You know, does James Winston fit his offensive system? Does he feel that? All those uh, days of immaturity are behind James Winston now, and he, he's he's turned the corner or can turn the corner. Those are all the the questions that they'll be asking themselves, and and they have you know they'll have a chance to meet with him and visit with him in depth, and then they'll make their decision. And and, and I think like you, I, I believe they're going to end up picking James Winston. I do too. And in the end, it is the cold, hard realities. I mean, if what I said all held true, you know, the Jag- the Jacksonville Jaguars would have taken Tim Tebow, right? Yeah. <laughs> that would have been the ultimate built-in fan base from a team that could use a built-in fan base. So, right. Yeah. That, that, but the, the, I think Jameis is 
talent in the view of the NFL is uh, opposite ends of the spectrum of the way the NFL viewed Tim Tebow. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, I think I think exactly. Right. I mean, when you think Jameis Winston, you think pro ready. And for all the good of, of Tebow, and I'm a big fan, I think you are too, you know, pro ready was never a phrase that was applied to him, right? <laughs> Ever. <laughs> by anyone. No, no, no by, there's no one many of you spoke to on the NFL who was uh, raving about his pro readiness. Exactly, exactly. Uh, well, uh, hard to believe we're through our first segment already, and uh, it's time for our break. I know you're staying on the line, and we'll talk a little more uh, combine college football prospects on the other side. out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at IIR at Comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And, A.P., we were talking a little combine in the previous segment, and uh, particularly Jameis Winston. Uh, but he's not the only one there, and the best of the best are there. And uh, I know you cover Alabama. Uh, I'm guessing they have a large contingent there, correct? Yes, John. They, they actually have 11 people at the combine. And Florida State has 12 with the most. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. I'm not surprised. Uh, uh, they're Alabama, after all. Of course you would expect them to have 
near the most or the most at any given combine. Um, who do you like? Who do you like? Uh, you know, making a statement at the combine. Well, I think I think Amari Cooper. I mean, he's the most talented of the Alabama players, and he has a work work ethic second to none. And I'm interested to see how fast he runs in the forty and see some of his other measurables. But I think he, he'll probably be the highest draft pick on uh, this year for Alabama. And then you have Landon Collins, All American safety. He'll he'll be uh, a top selection as well. So he's there. You know, Alabama's got a couple offensive linemen there. They have a number of other receivers. Uh, Jostin followed the running back. You know, H back type player. Uh, linebackers trade a priest. Uh, uh, so they they have all you know different positions. They're at this combine. So, but like I say, the two best players. The one that I want to watch uh, particularly is Amari Cooper and Landon Collins. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, that's quite a lineup, to say the least. Uh, Amari Cooper, I saw a really fascinating video of him just the other day uh, doing chin-ups uh, where he was, like, clapping between or, uh, between each, each pull-up shall we say, uh, over the bar. I mean, it, it was pretty impressive. I mean, it was good enough to be, you know, and it was on TV. I think it was ESPN. So it wasn't like, you know, I, I, it was a video worthy of TV. And I was just like, wow. Um, so, yeah, if I'm an NFL GM looking at that, uh, I'm zeroing in and saying he's at the top of my list just based on that video. And, of course, the fact he was the leading receiver in the nation. <laughs> yeah, Amari's the, the legacy he carved out for himself at Alabama will last will last a long time. I mean, not only for his accomplishments on the field, but his, his off the field workouts and just his personality. And he he's a fabulous teammate. So yeah, his uh, his legend will live long at Alabama. Yeah, he impresses me as a really driven guy. Like really. Really wants to be the best, a la, you know, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning uh, type, you know, Julio Jones, you know, formerly of Alabama. He, he seems like that kind of guy. Yeah, and it, it's funny because Johnny, he's so quiet. And, 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 you know, he's just not a demonstrative person uh, normally. So, so it, it, he's, he's kind of a novelty when you look at these football players, especially from coming from South Florida. Yeah, is that where he's from originally, South Florida? Yeah, he's from that Miami Miami area, and oh, that, you know normally they're kind of vocal and, and you know very right. vociferous. <laughs> but Lamar you know, is just the opposite. He he catches the football and puts pretty much his hands to the official and goes back to the sideline. Huh. Well, that's interesting. Given all the all of our discussion, I I, I didn't realize that because you know. Uh, Two months ago, practically to the day, I was covering, you know, the Youth Football National Championships in Naples, Florida. And for the first time ever, uh, you know, the sixth grade, the seventh grade, and the eighth grade were all from the same league, so to speak. All from all from that Miami area. They just drove across Alligator Alley and, <laughs> you know, uh, the eighth grade team won the big prize. Uh, the eighth grade national, you know, the championship uh so yeah, uh, you know, 
So I, I've been covering this for the last few years, so I have been looking at this age range of talent for like the last three years. And, you know, there are guys there that I, I, I'm watching, and they're, they're unbelievable. And I'm, I'm just saying, you know, I'm going to be watching this kid in college, maybe the NFL, in, short, in a few short, very short years. So fascinating. I didn't know that. I'm not surprised. The, the brand of football playing played particularly in my the Miami area Broward was this was the Broward County teams uh, but right. throughout the state of Florida it's just off the charts yeah they're so fast and so competitive and they're exciting and they really enjoy the game and they play with an enthusiasm it's not replicated in many places it really isn't you know and I grew up in Pennsylvania when and when I grew up, you know, Western PA was among the kings of, you know, uh, you know, high school football. Uh, still very good, but you know, there's no 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 questioning the Florida's now uh, at the top, along with California. I can sprinkle in Texas, of course, and then you know, clearly Pennsylvania and probably Ohio fall in under them, but. Uh, yeah, serious business down there, that's for sure, in Florida. I mean, youth football, high school football, serious business, to say the least. Um, and, you know, it's fun to get, like, an up-close and personal look at that at that level and right up through the Amari Coopers of the world. Um, it's great stuff. Now, let me ask you this, AP. SEC overall, uh Anybody just from the, the league in general, since you're so familiar with it from covering Alabama and, and all the other teams? Yeah, I think uh, probably one of the top running backs that might be chosen is Todd Gurley in Georgia. Yeah, there you go. So, I mean, I'm not sure if it's health at the moment, but I mean, you know, he was injured during the season, and but uh, I'm I'm pretty sure the teams will be zeroing in on his physical condition, and and they want to look at him at this combine too. He's able to to do. Yeah, you know, it's been interesting to hear the comparisons on him. I mean, I've heard a couple comparisons of him as you know, like quote a power runner. But you know, I watched him a lot in college. We all did, and. Uh, I've, you know, he has power, but I've always perceived him as like, you know, a speed guy more than a power guy. But yet the comparisons I'm hearing are, you know, more him as a power back. He, he, he you know, he's probably just a, the next generation runner who is basically both. I, I think so, John. He's, he's got the, uh, the speed, but he also has that power able to shed tackles and run through the middle of the line and make positive yards. Yes, he, he, he's that, that combination that you're looking for, you know, in that 225 range. And uh, he, he's a fantastic player. And, I, you know, I was sorry he got hurt during the season. You don't like to see anybody uh, get injured, but he showed his talents, and he, he's a fantastic player. Oh, absolutely. Plus, he had that suspension, I think, for right. memorabilia sales or whatever. So he had a, a bit of an odd senior year. I mean, he came in as a leading Heisman candidate, uh, you know, coming into the year for sure. And a fun guy to watch without a doubt. Uh, yeah, I could definitely see him, uh, you know, going high to say the least. Uh, 
Well, it is, you know, it's a nice thing to have here at the end of or middle of February. Uh, you know, it, it's really grabbed its spot, you know, on the sports calendar, you know, and seems to be just growing each, each year in popularity where, you, you know, and I think a lot of it goes back to just what I said earlier in the show, which is, I think it's just better organized. It just seems like, you know, there's more people there speaking to the media. I think the people were probably already the, always there, but I don't know that they were speaking in like a formal setting prior to this. Right, right. You know, it's a senior bowl. They, they were able to mix and mingle with some of these players, but you know, this is more formal. It's, uh, I think it's, it's like almost like speed dating, I guess. Uh, <laughs> it's like 15 to 20 minutes with each player or something of that nature, yeah. I like it. Speed dating. Well said. Um, yeah, and speed dating that could lead to marriage. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right, right. A quick one at that. Right. Yeah. When you make, well, when you make that pick, uh, it's a marriage of sorts, that's for sure. And by the way, I just saw something interesting moving across the wire that looks like the Rams are, according to ESPN, allowing Sam Bradford to seek a trade. That's pretty fascinating. Um, it really is. Yeah, you know, it might be, uh, I like Sam Bradford. I liked him at Oklahoma. But it might just be, you know, for whatever reason and no particular reason, it's just not going to work in St. Louis. Like, it, it's just, it, I see that as a potential change of scenery situation. Right, more than the talent situation. Right, I, I'd probably tend to agree. Yeah, he, he can be successful with a, a new, uh, fresh outlook somewhere, new system. Yeah, I, I think you might probably have some time to, to look on him, and that's good. They made that mutual decision. Yes, never forget that Sam Bradford got what will probably be, what is de- almost definitely going to be, you know, the last big contract ever for, you know, a number one pick, overall pick in the draft. I mean, the next year it all changed with collective bargaining and everything. So his contract will, you know, uh, go down in history. Probably is the, uh, you know, the most money ever paid to any rookie in the history of the NFL uh, because it was the last one. Um, so yeah, interesting. But he hasn't caught any breaks. You know, the football gods have not smiled upon him or the Rams. No, no. Besides the injuries and the lack of talent on the offensive line, yeah, that, that, that's a bad combination. Yeah, well, the intriguing thing about this, of course, is, you know, <clears throat> it's not like they have anybody behind him. I mean, I know they play, I know that they got, uh, you know, some great performances from that, you know, unknown rookie this year. Uh but, you know, that that may have been an aberration. It's not like they were just sitting on someone that they could, like, let Sam Bradford walk out the door. So no. it's, a, it's a pretty, you know, surprising report when you put it in that context. Yeah, I mean, you have to have a, a very good option to, 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 to tell Sam Bradford he can go check out other teams. Exactly. So he must have something on their mind. Right. And, you know, let's face it, Sean Hill is not the future. <laughs> by any means no, no, <laughs> if i'm no. if i'm a rams fan and i hear that you know i'm saying you know go ahead move to la <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To, say, to say the least but uh anyway 
I just uh, it just jumped right off the screen up at me just a moment or a couple of moments ago. So I thought I'd mention it, but uh, we're at the end of our third segment. So why don't we take our last break? I know you're sticking around, and we have a few more things to cover. AP. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Check your feelings at the door and enter the Man Cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Hosts J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the Man Cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And finally, my pick of the week end for appointment viewing is the Daytona 500, the Great American Race. Frankly, just watching something from Florida, sitting up here shivering in Boston, uh, <laughs> will be welcome. Um, and one of the good things about now is that it... February is moving along. It's a short month. It's already February 20th. And, uh, you know, before we know it, it'll be March Madness and AP. I think we got a taste of March Madness the other night with that Duke North Carolina game. It's the first game this this year. Like, it really, really got me thinking March Madness, finally. Yeah, that was a spectacular game. 
I guess it's, I, I'd say that's the best college basketball rivalry year in and year out. I think it's fair to say, safe to say. And they put on quite a show. And, and every year that game receives a lot of hype. And I think Mike Krzyzewski accurately stated that it lived up to the hype and probably exceeded. Exactly. The, and, you know, you know the, 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 all, the, all the chatter that went on before the game. Yeah, and I was excited. You know, I mean, I was excited to watch it. Not a whole lot of good sports stuff going on here in the latter part of February. And, you know, when Carolina had that, I believe, seven-point lead maybe with around two minutes to go, I'm sitting there going, well, you know, this is a bummer. <laughs> you know, we're, we're not getting the usual fabulous finish here that we expect. Not are not our used to. We expect that. And, boy... That, it all changed in a heartbeat, and we got the fabulous finish and more. We got overtime. So, again, it exceeded expectations. But with two minutes to go, it was looking like a bit of a dud. Well, if you're wearing Carolina blue, you're feeling pretty comfortable. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, let's, mm-hmm. Carolina gave that away. Let's not, you know, uh, there's no other way to say it. I mean, do give due credit for doing what they did, but Carolina... Carolina owned that game. It was theirs to lose, and they lost it. Yeah, like like most of those close games, John, you, you got to make a few free throws. And, uh, you know, Carolina, it, their, their star player, he didn't have a, a very good night. So it was that opening, and you just walked right through it, and they tied up that game. And then in overtime, you weren't feeling too good if you're Carolina because you're the road team. And Duke had all that momentum, but even then, the overtime was a was exciting. It was, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was, you know, as good as it gets, and it reminded me a little of the, uh, you know, Kentucky LSU game. Going back to your area of expertise, the SEC, mm-hmm. you know, LSU had every opportunity to beat Kentucky. Uh, I guess it was about a week and a half ago. Uh, you know, in the last minute or two, they had many numerous possessions, just closing out games is hard when you're, especially when you're trying to pull an upset as both LSU and North Carolina were trying to do North Carolina's 15 Dukes four. Um, but LSU again, you know, that was right there for the taking and and they just could not take advantage, including not even getting a shot off to speak of on their last possession that could have won the game. Yeah, you know, basketball is kind of unique, John, in that it is the exact possession that matters. I mean, in football, right. you know, you maybe have three downs, let's say. But in basketball, it could be that next possession. The game is on the line. Somebody must make a shot, make a strong drive to get to the free throw line, make the right pass if somebody is open. It is that exact possession. Exactly. Um yeah, and that's what makes it great. Uh, so, what do you think, Kentucky? Undefeated, they're off. This is a this is really saying something. They're off to the best start in school history. That is one heck of a statement. Um, and undefeated, uh, and you know they're developing into you know obviously the story. I mean, you know we're talking rarefied air here. We're talking UNLV. And obviously, Indiana, Bob Knight, last team to do it, run the table. Uh, it's going to be fascinating. 
Yeah, John, I mean, I think they have height and length and athleticism. They have an excellent backcourt, which is important during the tournament time. You know, you take possession of the ball. They play fabulous defense. And I, I just think that somebody's going to have to play a tremendous game and shoot the ball very well to have any chance just to be in the game with Kentucky in, in this tournament. Yeah. You know, I, I'm starting, again, watching that LSU game and watching them. You know, I, I said LSU had their opportunities and missed it. But, you know, the flip side of that is, of course, you know, Kentucky held on. I mean, they're going to benefit from playing in games like that. And uh, make no mistake about it, as long as they continue undefeated, go into the tournament, and as they potentially win tournament games, this will be among the sports stories of the year. This this story has the potential to be gigantic if they can pull it off or go deep into the tournament. Each game will become a bigger and bigger event. All of the Patriots, you know, going, any team going for undefeated season, uh, that's a showstopper. Yeah, John, the last team was undefeated, 1976. Correct, exactly. And I wow. think that says it all right there. Bob yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, that, that's a, God, that's, because with it, that, that, my math is it 39 years or so, I guess, so. Exactly. I mean, that's, that's a long time. I mean, there's been generations have passed now, right? Absolutely. A couple of generations. So, yeah, yeah, again, the, the, you know, I'm starting to, we're both journalists, so we love any, quote, big story, history, sports history. And this one has the makings again. I think it really got my attention when I just started seeing, you know, and hearing that Kentucky was off to their best start in school history. That's like saying Notre Dame's off to their best start in, you know, football <laughs> ever. Right, right, you right. know, you hear that statement, it's like, wow, <laughs> that's that's an attention getter. Right, right. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think that was an eye-opening statement, like you said, best best start in school history. And, uh, yeah. you know, they have some close games along the way, but they're so talented at all the positions, and they have depth, and and defensively they're very good. That's a, you know, leads me to believe they can, they can come out in the end because that defense is always there. Exactly. AP, it's going to be fun to watch uh, and hard to believe. We're at the end of our show, but thank you, as always, for your expertise, especially uh, regarding the SEC, both in football and basketball. Well, thank you, John. It's my pleasure. Look forward to it. Sure thing. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week. 